Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What is going on, everybody? Happy Friday, and welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. This is episode number 187. Happy April. Happy Friday. Happy warm weather. Oh, today is a great day. Or we, Yesterday was a great day. Today's going to be a good day, too. Very, very excited that spring is here, and it is in full effect. It seems like good days of warm weather. At night and in the morning, it's cold. It's just all over the place, and you know what? That just means warm, hot weather is on the way, and you guys know that I love that. But we do have some conversations to discuss in regards to the latest potential trade rumor, and that is Mac Jones. What does that mean? Apparently, the Patriots are shopping Mac Jones. Does that make any sense? I'm going to dive into that in a little bit, and of course, I want to talk about the Red Sox. Because last week I said that we would kind of revisit after having a few more games than just the one opening day game for a sample size. I'm very excited for today's episode. Hopefully you had a fantastic week this past week. Working, whether you're in school, doing nothing, whatever it may be. Hopefully you had a good week. This weekend's going to be a very good weekend. I'm hoping it's Easter. Today's Good Friday. A lot of people are off. People aren't in school. So just all around good, good vibes. Except if you're a Patriots fan and we have to talk about Mac Jones. Uh, This, this is, um, this is a conversation that I'm, I'm really shocked that we're having here just because I don't think Bill would do something like this. And ever since it apparently got out that the Patriots have been shopping Mac Jones, and that means the Patriots are calling teams about Mac Jones. Everybody's been talking about, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, Bailey's happy, Bailey's happy, oh my God, Bill's done, da-da-da-da-da. And yes, that is kind of what shopping means. And apparently the rumored teams were the Raiders, the Texans, the Commanders, and the Buccaneers. Now... I just want to give a reason on why those four teams would not need or want Mac Jones. The Commanders, they have Sam Howell. They already committed to him being the starter week one. That's what they said at the beginning of the coaching hiring process for prospective offensive coordinators. Are they going to go back on their word? Maybe. But that is their, that's their guy for the time being at least. The Raiders... They just signed Jimmy Garoppolo to a nice three-year deal. 
They also have the seventh, seventh overall pick in the draft. So maybe they take, I don't know, Will Levis falls to them? Probably not. Maybe they take Anthony Richardson. So he'll be ready by the time they're done with Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe. Then you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who just signed Baker Mayfield, who is probably not the long-term solution, not the long-term answer, but a very good quarterback who played well this year for the Rams when he got to L.A. And he earned himself a a third, fourth shot. (laughs) I mean, let's see, Browns won. Panthers two, Rams, Bucking, yeah, four, fourth shot. <laughs> you know what I mean. And then, uh, oh, they also have Kyle Trask too. They took in the second round, the end of the second round in the 2020 draft. So there's another guy that it needs to be on people's radars as well. And ever since Tom Brady retired, whether it was last year or this year, people here in the sports card hobby have been buying, buying, buying Kyle Trask. So... Obviously, sports card hobby and what NFL teams do really has no correlation. But no, they got two quarterbacks on their roster. I mean, what are they going to give up? Are they going to give up pick number 19 for Mac Jones? I mean, are they going to give up a second round pick? Then what are they going to do with their second round pick from a few years ago? Doesn't make a lot of sense. And then the fourth team, uh, Houston Texans. That makes absolutely no sense because they have the second overall pick. You can get Bryce Young, a guy who's, or CJ Stroud, whoever's available among those two, that the Panthers choose not to take with the number one overall pick. But why would they go after Mac Jones? They can get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, a quarterback who has a higher ceiling than Mac Jones. Then they could have a nice, fresh five year rookie deal with said quarterback. Then they could also use the 12th overall pick, uh, my mock 2.0 that we discussed last week. I have the Texans taking Jackson, Smith, and Ajiba. But they could go a myriad of different ways. They can go defense. They can go offensive line. They could go uh, receiver like I have them going. It doesn't really matter. So that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, I guess from very credible Patriot insiders, there was they did inciting, researching, right? Reached out to sources and said... They never reached out to any team. And apparently, the Raiders claim to have never have gotten reached out for Mac Jones. And that was also the same for, oh, what team was it? The Commanders? I think it was the Commanders as well. I think it was the Raiders and the Commanders. I know it was the Raiders for one. I can't remember the second team. I want to say it's the Commanders. Both of those teams said that they were never reached out from Patriots from the shopping of Mac Jones. It's not that they said no, it's they were never reached out. So this is clearly, clearly, I think, a lot of smoke. I think it's a lot of poop. Is it to spark a fire under Mac Jones? Maybe. Is it to scare him of losing his job? I'm not sure what that would do for a third-year quarterback, but maybe. It just doesn't make a lot of sense at the current moment, especially after a really good first year in his rookie year, and then he follows it up with a very bad year. Now, not not all of it's his fault. A lot of people want to put the blame on Mac Jones. Oh, Mac Jones sucks. Mac Jones sucks. It's like, 
do the research. Look at the film. I'm tired of saying this to people, but I'll say it again. And I need people to understand this. Mac Jones, his rookie year, and I've said this probably a handful of times here on the on the podcast. Mac Jones, his rookie season, had the best offensive coordinator in football, Josh McDaniels, a top 10 offensive line, and garbage shoot for weapons. Just absolute trash weapons. I think we can all agree on those three um, intangibles. Okay? He throws for nearly 4,000 yards, makes the playoffs, 10-7 and seven record. You know, call what you want, but he was a pro bowler. So a lot of good things looking up, right? Very successful. A lot of people were excited for year two. Bill Belichick was even praising how hard he worked over the offseason. Just a ton of great positives going from year one to year two, okay? Then in year two, the greatest or the best offensive coordinator in football goes to be the head coach in Vegas. Your top 10 offensive line is destroyed to probably a bottom tier offensive line, if we're all being honest. And he still has the same crap bag of weapons running around the field. And I've said this, and I'm going to continue to say it. Unless you're Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes, you're going to struggle and you're going to regress. And through that regression, in the moderate play of Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones looks like the bad guy. Yes, he got injured. Yes, he was whining and complaining about uh, Matt Patricia. Yes, he went outside the organization to kind of seek help and how to figure this out. Yes, yes, yes. I understand all of it. I do. I do. But can we just look at Bailey Zappi's four games that he played? The game against Green Bay, a very good game. First, I mean, Brian Hoyer played, what, one quarter? Bailey Zappi pretty much played the whole game, third quarter and on, including overtime. Uh, I don't even know if the Patriots touched the ball in overtime. I think they did. I forget. But it was a great game coming in. It was a great, great game for a rookie in his first career NFL game. Although they lost, I'll still give him all the credit in the world. Then Detroit comes to town. You're wearing the red throwback jerseys and all that good stuff. And Detroit, at the time, I don't know if they how, where they finished, but they were the worst defense in the National Football League. And you score one offensive touchdown. Now listen, your first career start, very good. You got the win. You moved the ball enough to kick five field goals and a defensive touchdown. Listen, I'll give the defense all the credit in the world because the Lions offense was pretty damn good going into that game. But one offensive touchdown against the league's worst defense, whether it's your first start or, your, or not, Mm, it's just okay. You go against the Cleveland Browns. You look good against the Cleveland Browns. I'll give you that credit. Cleveland Browns finished mediocre. So I'm not like, wow, you just beat the number two defense in the league. Wow. I'm not going to get that excited over it, but it was still a good win. And then the game against the Bears when Mac Jones comes back, first game back from injury, makes one bad play, gets benched. And then Bailey Zappi goes in, hits Jacoby Myers for a wide-open touchdown. But if you rewind the tape, you'll have seen that the cornerback covering Jacoby Myers got tripped up and fell, leaving Jacoby Myers butt-naked wide open. I could have made that throw to Myers. You could have made that throw to Jacoby Myers. Anybody under God's green earth could have made that throw to Jacoby Myers. 
but we're gonna give Bailey Zappy all the credit. Zappy magic. Whoa, Zappy fever. Whoa. What did he do for the rest of the game? He sucked. He sucked. I don't know where the Bears ranked statistically among defense in the NFL in 2022, but I do know this. The Chicago Bears finished the NFL 2022 season with the worst record in the NFL, resulting in their first in, in resulting in getting the first overall pick, which later was traded to Carolina for number 9, but still they finished worst in the NFL. And the Patriots got blown out by the Bears. At home by the Bears. In prime time. I think it was a Monday night game. Sunday or Monday night game. Against the worst team in the NFL. But we want to sit here and say, Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi. Oh my God, he's so good. Oh, if he was so good, then why did he lose to the Bears? Why did he get blown out? It makes no effing sense. Listen, every quarterback needs weapons. That's just the nature of it. Every quarterback needs weapons. Patrick Mahomes had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. All right? Um, Josh Allen was uber mediocre. Oh, my God, he was mediocre. He sucked, and then he got decent, had some accuracy issues, but here comes Stefan Diggs, and now Josh Allen's a top three quarterback in the league. Um, Jalen Hurts, that's a great example. Had a lot of upside, good promise, had a lot of things he needed to tweak. You bring in A.J. Brown, plus you already had Devontae Smith from the draft prior. And Jalen Hurts was the runner-up for MVP. Arguably should have won MVP. In both the Super Bowl and in the NFL. I mean, you want me to keep going? How about Tua? Tua looked Oh my god, he looks so bad his first year. Then you get Jalen Waddle. Okay, it's starting to make a little sense here. But then you trade for Tyreek Hill. And you get that extra outside threat. And now you look pretty damn good. And Tua, when healthy, played very, very well. Very well. When healthy. I mean, it's just, that is the nature of it. A team's quarterback, whoever it is, needs weapons. Mac Jones, when he was at Alabama, put up insane statistics playing in the SEC in basically the minor leagues of the NFL. Yes, he had some good receivers, but he was a Heisman finalist because he knows how to play the position. He was the most NFL-ready quarterback from that draft. Did he have the lowest ceiling? Sure, but he was the most NFL-ready quarterback. But that was all for a reason. People are so quick. So damn quick to change sides. It's unbelievable. And whether the, if, whether if you're in that boat of being a huge Mac Jones fan at the beginning of last year after a great rookie season, to jumping ship and going to the Bailey Zappi bandwagon, and I don't know where you may lie, but it's just like sit down, do the research. It, it It's just mind-blowing. So is it a good move for the Patriots to trade Mac Jones? I'm going to say no because you just had a pretty bad second season. Well, he, well, team did and Mac Jones did. So what's his real value? No team's going to give you a first-round pick for him because at that point, might as well go trade for Lamar who's going to cost you two first-round picks. So just trade the one and then an additional one next year 
and go get Lamar Jackson. Just might as well do that. So you're not going to get a one. Would you get a two? I don't know. I don't even know who would give you a two. Maybe a late round two. But Kansas City doesn't need a quarterback. Philadelphia doesn't need a quarterback. New Orleans don't. Cincinnati doesn't. I mean, all these teams are going to be drafting in the late second round. I mean, obviously, Trey, I don't know where those lie. But Cincinnati doesn't. Buffalo doesn't. Dallas doesn't. New York doesn't. Jacksonville doesn't. Minnesota. I think it would be stupid if they traded a second-round pick for Mac Jones, seeing that they're Kirk Cousins and kind of in playoff win-now mode, kind of, sort of. Um, Baltimore probably could, I mean, especially if um, Lamar Jackson's not coming back. So it's like, ah, it just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So at the end of the day, I think these trade rumors and Patriots are shopping Mac Jones – are just smoke. I think it's just poop, garbage. Uh, you're going to take a, a, a decent cap hit, a, a decent cap penalty if you trade Mac Jones. It's just, I don't think it's the right thing. Now listen, am I a biased fan? I'm not trying to be. I'm really not. I don't think my opinion is being derived from me liking Alabama, me liking the Patriots, me liking Mac Jones. My opinion is not based on that. Everything I said is true. Go look at the stats. Mac Jones was good his first year. He sucked his second year. Bailey Zappi looked good in Green Bay. He looked mediocre against uh, Detroit. He was all right. He looked pretty good, I'll give you that, against Cleveland. And he looked ugh, against the Bears, who finished with the worst record in the NFL, who had the number one overall pick. These are all true. This is all true. The Lions had the worst defense in the NFL going into that game. I don't know where they finished, but they had the worst defense going into the NFL that game. Their offense might have been number one. I want to say their offense was number one and their defense was 32. I think it was that drastic. Go check. If not, it is very damn close. So I'm not lying. I'm not fabricating anything to spin it so my opinion favors out. Go check everything I've said. Go check. He was a Heisman finalist. Um, in 2020, 2020 Heisman uh, Trophy finalists. Here's your uh, Heisman finalists: Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence, Alabama quarterback Mac Jones, Florida quarterback Kyle Trask, Alabama wide receiver Devonte Smith, who ended up winning the 2020 Heisman Trophy. So I mean, it's factual evidence. It is factual evidence. He's he was in that same class, that same performing class as Trevor Lawrence. And I'll give I'll give Kyle Trask some credit. He did do pretty well. But it's just, I mean, he was higher up. I mean, Najee Harris was fifth, just missed the cut. Imagine that, three Alabama players. Um, Brees Hall was there. Justin Fields was there. Zach Wilson, Ian Book, Kyle Pitts were all, they were all in the top ten. So Mac Jones was in that class, in that pedigree. And yes, he had weapons at, with him at Alabama. I'm not going to say that he didn't. But again, every every quarterback needs weapons. I mean, Mac Jones finished third that year in the Heisman voting. Devontae Smith finished one, Trevor Lawrence two. But Mac Jones, not far behind, finished number three. And then there's a big drop-off in Kyle Trask. Just saying. I'm just saying, guys. Just do the research. 
yes, your eyes, what you see on the field, does serve a very good purpose. And it is a very strategic thing to use. Sounds so simple, right? But you need to dig in and do further conducting research. Everyone's going to look, if you just look at the box score, it was a 35 nothing game, I think it was, against the Detroit Lions in week five, whatever game it was. They're just going to see that the Patriots beat the Lions 35 to nothing. Whoa, you beat the Lions. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Look at that. Bailey Zappi's first career start. He blew up. Damn, yeah. He had one offensive touchdown. They kicked five field goals, and the defense got a scoop and score. Woo. <laughs> Woo. We're going to go crazy over beating the Detroit Lions? Woo, what have we as Patriot fans come down to? What have we come down to? Again, look at the Chicago Bears game. Bailey Zappi hit a wide open Jacoby Myers for a touchdown. Yeah. Why was he open? Rewind the tape. What was the final score of that game? Can't put that loss on Mac Jones. Put that first interception where he tries to loft it to Jonu Smith. I'll give you that. But Mac Jones didn't lose you that game. Nope. <laughs> be consistent. Do research. All right? Don't just be like, oh, I like Bailey's happy because he looks good. Well, what makes you? What makes him look good? What? Again, he played good against Green Bay. He played good against Cleveland. I'll give you those. But nothing wowed me. Nothing wowed me. When... I hate using this comparison. But when Tom Brady took over for Drew Bledsoe all the way back in 2001, Drew Bledsoe was supposed to be out for, what, six to eight weeks, I think it was? Well, when his time, when he was good to return, he continued to be, well, he returned to be the backup quarterback. Why? Because Tom Brady was playing so damn good and winning football games, winning game after game after game after game on their way to inevitable Super Bowl. All right. Just, that's just the way it is. Now, if Bailey Zappi came back and won the game, uh, Green Bay game, he won the Detroit Lions game, he won the uh, Cleveland Browns game, and he and he started and played and beat the Chicago Bears, well, then it's going to be his job for a while. And if he looked good while doing it? All right, I've gone on a way too long of a rant. About this, I spent damn near 20 minutes talking about this. Definitely not what I anticipated or planned on. I obviously wanted to talk about it. But as you can see, I'm very passionate about this topic. It's just wildly confusing. And I just need to inform people as best as I possibly can about the subject and the matter. Oh my god, where'd my Red Sox thing go? I had a Red Sox tab open and it's, it's gone. Well, anyways, let's talk about the Red Sox. Before we do, I'm going to get a sip of water because my mouth was dry after after all that. All right. Breathe. Breathe. Just breathe. Sorry, that's a quote from Star Wars. Oh, I just quoted episode eight. Ugh. Whatever. All right. So opening day was Thursday, March 30th. Uh, they lost 10-9. to 9. I was talking about how the lineup looked all right. Can they score nine runs consistently? 
the pitching sucked, gave up 10 runs. Since then, Red Sox pitching has given up 8 runs, 5 runs, 7 runs, 4 runs, 4 runs, 3 runs. Okay. 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 All right. And then the hitting, since that game, scored 9 runs, 9 runs, 6 runs, 1 run, 1 run, 6 runs. What can I take away from this? Well, since we have a not a large sample size, but a much better sample size than just one game, what I can take away from this is the Red Sox are running into the same problem that they had last year. They can score a bunch of runs. They've scored nine runs twice, three times. They scored nine runs three times, six runs twice, and then two games with one. Wow, nine, six, or one they've scored this year. Interesting. However, what's their record? They are three and four. Huh. Because more often than not, we saw this last year, games, you're going to run into more games of you scoring less than four runs than you are scoring more than four runs. And that was the thing. If the Red Sox can't score four runs, they're going to, they're probably going to lose. Because they need to score at least four runs because they're giving up four runs. They've given up four runs in every single game this year except one. It was Detroit yesterday, and they gave up three. I mean, holy crap, they got swept by the Pirates, 7-6-4-1-4-1. And then you beat the Detroit Tigers 6-3. This team is running into the same problem that they had last year. They can't pitch. They can't pitch. Whether that's the starters or relievers. They can't pitch. Yeah, it's nice to have Kenley Jansen and all that. But what good is he going to be? If you can't get him on the mound to close out games and to save games. What's the point? Makes no sense to me. He's been in two games so far this year. And he has one save. Great. (laughs) Great. And he has one win. Woo. But what is the point of having him if you can't get to him? You're seven games in. And you've seen your closer twice. And one of them was in a non-closing role. It's just, listen, I've, I've harped and harped and harped on the lineup all offseason, all spring training. And you know what? I've noticed, again, through seven games, small sample size, but a sample size, that not much has changed from last year to this year. Like, your lineup is looks like it's going to be okay. It looks like it'll be decent enough to go out and score you three to seven runs almost any given night. But again, there's going to be nights where you don't. There's going to be nights where you don't. And you're going to be able, you're going to have to be able to pitch. You're going to have to win close games. And the Red Sox early shown that they can't do it. Who's going to give them seven innings, three hit ball, and no runs or one run? Who on their pitching staff, starter or reliever, None of them for now. Chris Sale gave up three runs in what, five, six innings? Promising. Against the Detroit Tigers, but listen, it's his second start of the season, a lot better than his first one, so it's promising. I'll give it to him. But man, this team, they brought in Yoshida, Duvall, they brought in um, Justin Turner, 
For what? R- Ramiel Tapia. For what? They can't pitch. The thing about the 2013 Red Sox, which all so many people keep comparing them to, A, that team was a a miracle team to win. And second, that team already had good pitching. That team had good pitching going into that season. They had to go out and get Shane Victorino, uh, Stephen Drew, uh, Mike Napoli, Johnny Gomes. I mean, they had to go out and get those guys. Oh, um, David Ross. They brought in all those veteran guys. Some with championship pedigree, some with experience, but veteran leaders at the end of the day. They didn't bring in any... They brought in Ryan Dempster at the trade deadline. And Jake... What did they... No. Ooh, let's see. Hold on. When did they bring in Jake Peavy? Um, Jake Peavy. Imagine if he was still pitching. That'd be wild if he was. Um, let's see. Red Sox brought him in. Okay, so they had Jake Peavy. Oh, so they traded for Jake Peavy. That was the Jose Iglesias trade, that three-way trade where he goes to Detroit. You bring him in. Okay. And then Ryan Dempster. When did you bring him in? Is that that's 2013? So you brought in Ryan Dempster at the start of the season. Okay, I just want to get that correct. So you bring in Ryan Dempster at the start of the season. It was the only pitcher that you added on. Oh, yeah, you had Koji Uihara, but he was, wasn't as good as he was. But your starting rotation was still Josh Beckett, um, John Lackey, Clay Buckholds, John Lester. I mean, actually, no, wait, did you still have Josh Beckett? Man, I, my Red Sox knowledge is getting tested. It is getting tested. Uh, no, you did not have uh, Josh Beckett. Okay. So who's your, what was the Red Sox rotation? Red Sox rotation. Uh, it would have been Ryan Dempster. John Lester, Clay Buckholds, Felix Dubrant, and John Lackey. Let's see. Um, set roster. Okay, this is the roster for the 2013 World Series. This will be good enough. Pitchers: Clay Buckholds, Ryan Dempster, Felix Dubrant, John Lackey, John Lester, Jake Peavy. You had Craig Breslow, Franklin Morales, Junichi Tazawa, Koji Uehara, and Brandon Workman. Wow, throwback roster. Yeah, so. Then you, again, you went on the trade deadline. You brought in um, JP. Anyways, the point I'm trying to get to is, yeah, you built the bullpen up. You brought in Kenley Jansen, Chris Martin. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, from the Mets, I think it was. Joel, Jolie's Rodriguez, I think, which I haven't seen him yet. I don't even know what his uh, Jolie's Rodriguez um, it's not even popping up. Jolie's Rodriguez. Is that the guy you brought? Yeah, it's the guy you brought him. Where is he? See with the big clean, big team yet? He is. Okay. And he has a 16.8 ERA. Perfect. I, I can't go on these Red Sox rants anymore. I, I can't. I tried to tell you the Red Sox weren't going to be competitive this year. You know, maybe they will be. It's early. They're three and four. I mean, they're not that far off. If they can just figure out the pitching, I think they'll be all right. But man, a lot of people had a lot of hope. Thought they were going to be good. Ninety win team. I'm like, where, where the hell are you getting ninety wins from with this team? Me, I tried to stay realist. I tried to be optimistic, hopeful. But 
I wasn't going to let my emotions get in the way of thinking this Red Sox team can't win 80 games because I don't think they can. I really don't. If their pitching can't hold up and their hitting is on the pace that they are on now, they're going to just be like last year's team who ended up winning 78 games, I think it was. 78 games last year. Just saying. I'm just saying. It's it's going to be tough for this team. It's going to be tough, but we'll have to wait and see, though. We will have to wait and see. Again, small sample size. This time, next week, they'll have one, two, three, four. Hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six more games under their belt. Come this time next year. Uh, next year. Wow. This time next week for episode 188. So we'll have a better, uh, bigger sample size to go off of. Maybe they're winning games four to one. Maybe they're winning games one to nothing, two to one. Maybe they're losing those kind of games. I don't it's we'll have to wait and see. But that is going to wrap it up for today's episode, guys. I know it's a fairly shorter episode, but there was just a couple of topics that I really, really wanted to dive into today. Bruins, they're what, three wins away from the record? There's they have sixty one wins, they're three wins away from the record. They have four games to go. They're also I did the math last night. They need two wins and a tie to tie the record for points. Because I think the points is 132 and they're at 127 so they're close will they get it potentially but again at the end of the day it does not matter unless they hoist the cup in june if they do that and they break break these records undoubtedly the best team to be ever assembled for an nhl season just saying gonna start there or and (laughs) just kind of mic drop that and then the celtics uh i I can't talk about the celtics right now because that's going to be a whole nother rabbit hole that i don't want to go down Maybe we'll talk about it next week. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today for episode number 187 of Merv's Boston Sports Talk. I thank you so much for downloading, listening, and of course, enjoying on all audio-only platforms where you can find this podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Radio Public, anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can find Merv's Boston Sports Talk guarantee it just make sure you download listen and of course enjoy each and every episode you can reach me on social media at murph's card town on twitter instagram and of course facebook and for those that are watching this episode on youtube thank you so much for clicking on the video please make sure you smash the thumbs up button comment down below and of course subscribe to the channel if you're new or haven't considered subscribing but that's going to do it for today again Have a fantastic good Friday. Have a great Easter holiday if you observe Easter. Have a good weekend. Have a good week next week, and I will catch you for episode number 188. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you, and I will always, always see you. (music)